Good morning. From the newsroom of the Financial Times, today is Wednesday, February 20th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today, a former North Korean diplomat gives U.S. President Donald Trump a warning. The consulting firm McKinsey reaches a settlement over allegations of conflicts of interest. And Prime Minister Theresa May once again heads to Brussels to try to rescue her Brexit plan. Then the FT's Jude Weber explains why the Mexican fight against drug cartels is far from over. I'm Eric Krupke, and here's the news you need to start your day. A former North Korean diplomat has a warning for U.S. President Donald Trump ahead of his summit with counterpart Kim Jong-un next week. North Korea's former deputy ambassador to the U.K. defected to South Korea in 2016 with his family. Now, Young ho is urging the U.S. president to insist that Pyongyang dismantle all nuclear weapons and facilities before easing sanctions. Mr. Tay said if Mr. Trump didn't insist, that he'd risk ending up recognizing North Korea as a nuclear power. And that could give the regime bargaining power to negotiate to keep part of its arsenal. Mr. Tay expects Mr. Trump to lift partial sanctions against North Korea by allowing South Korea to reopen its industrial complex in Kaesong and to resume the Mount Kumgang tour, which was suspended in 2008. Mr. Tay said the partial sanctions relief is likely to come in return for North Korea's promise to dismantle its main Yongbyong nuclear complex. But if this inter-Korean economic exchange is allowed, Mr. Tay predicted it would lead to further easing of sanctions by China and Russia. That increased economic power could give North Korea more leverage in negotiations. The professional services giant McKinsey has agreed to a $15 million settlement with the U.S. Department of Justice. The settlement aims to resolve claims that the influential consulting firm failed to properly disclose conflicts of interest in major bankruptcy cases. The case arose from allegations made by a prominent U.S. restructuring specialist, Jay Alex. Mr. Alex claimed that the firm advised on a series of bankruptcies, but didn't disclose that McKinsey's internal hedge fund had invested in a creditor. Cliff White, the Justice Department's U.S. trustee program director, said that McKinsey had displayed a lack of candor about its potential conflicts. And if the conduct was repeated, the department will seek even more far-reaching remedies. The agreement with the DOJ also required McKinsey to make additional disclosures and released it from any claims by the department in 11 other bankruptcies. The settlement comes as McKinsey faces tougher scrutiny about its work for authoritarian governments in China and Saudi Arabia. McKinsey said in a statement it had not admitted liability or misconduct. And Prime Minister Theresa May is traveling to Brussels today to meet with European Commission President Jean-Claude Juncker. Mrs. May has narrowed her sights on legal assurances about the temporary nature of the backstop plan to avoid a hard Irish border. Some in Brussels fear that Mrs. May is running down the clock towards the scheduled Brexit day, which is March 29th. They fear she has unreasonable expectations of eventual concessions. One senior EU diplomat warned that Mrs. May was not even close to a realistic negotiating position. The European Commission has stressed that it would refuse to reopen the withdrawal agreement to demands to guarantee the temporary nature of the backstop. The two countries are looking at supplementary legal text or protocols that could be added to the treaty without contradicting or changing its terms. Downing Street is still planning a vote in the House of Commons on the revised deal on February 27th. But even if Mrs. May does secure a majority for her deal, Senior EU officials expect an extension of around three months to give the UK time to ratify the agreement and pass the associated legislation. 
And here's a closer look at a story we're following. Last week, Mexican drug cartel boss Joaquin El Chapo Guzman was found guilty of drug crimes in a New York court. While some are celebrating his conviction as a huge step in the war on the drug trade, the FT's Mexico and Central America correspondent Jude Weber explains that the celebration might be a bit premature. So El Chapo Guzman was a kind of mythical figure in Mexico because he was the most powerful boss of the most powerful drug cartel. They call him El Chapo, or Shorty, for his small five-foot-six frame. But his legend is enormous. He says he witnessed El Chapo brutally murder three men, and he beat and tortured them, shot them, and set them on fire. At one point, the U.S. authorities believed that he trafficked, I think it was half the illegal drugs that entered the U.S. came through the Sinaloa cartel. He was first arrested in Guatemala, And he really, really became notorious in 2001 when he broke out of that maximum security jail. And he continued for the next 13 years, apparently invisible to the authorities. And then he was captured again and he was bundled off to another high security prison. And in 2015, he stunned everybody by breaking out of there. The near mile long tunnel built through an opening from the shower area of his cell was created without detection of prison guards. And from there, he was under siege, really. I mean, he was, it was incredibly embarrassing for the government. And finally, they closed in on him. They closed in on a, a beach resort, Los Mochis, in Sinaloa. And now he was convicted last week in New York on 10 counts of drug trafficking, money laundering. He was the highest profile Mexican drug lord to ever stand trial in the US. And so, you know, you might think that his conviction would signal the end of the Sinaloa cartel, but actually nothing could be further from the truth. So what does the drug trade look like right now? What kind of numbers do we have? There's two things that we can look at to see the drugs trade. One is homegrown production of heroin. Heroin tends to come from the Western Pacific states in Mexico. And according to the Drug Enforcement Administration, heroin production in Mexico increased 37% in 2017. And cocaine production in Colombia was also a record high. So that suggests that there's just more and more drugs ready to be trafficked. And the drug busts on the border also suggest that trade is booming. And the DEA says that cocaine seizures have risen by nearly a quarter to a five-year high. And fentanyl, which is a powerful synthetic opioid, border seizures of fentanyl rocketed 135% in 2017. And the seizures of methamphetamine shot up by 255%. What kind of approach is Mexico's new president taking to the drug trade? President Andres Manuel López Obrador is taking a very different tack. He said that the war on drugs isn't happening anymore, that Mexico is on the way to being at peace. And his his strategy is not to go after kingpins. He says that's not his job. His job is to provide security. And he also believes very firmly that the way to stop people falling, young people falling into the clutches of organized crime, is to give them opportunities. He was up in El Chapo's hometown only a few days after his conviction, and he was there to inaugurate a road and to talk about the launch of a new university there and a tree planting program. And these are all things that he says will give people opportunities. It's a change of strategy compared to the previous strategies, but there's quite a bit of doubt about really whether Mr. Lopez Obrador's strategy will deliver. 
You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, we'll be following the Federal Reserve. Today, the U.S. Central Bank is set to release the minutes from its January meeting when it put rates on hold and surprised markets with a policy U-turn. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for all the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.